I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's episode is a three-peat with Dominic J. Zenden. If you haven't listened to his two other episodes where I uncovered his magic, they're back in the beginning of 2022. And, you know, I where we don't go into his aura readings in this episode, we go a lot deeper. And I wanted to bring him on because he always questions things and he's always using his twist on spirituality and all the things that he loves. And it always takes me down a different rabbit hole than the one I thought I was going down. So he always puts a twist on everything. I mean, everything. (laughs) But we've become really close friends since we met back at the end of 2021 in November. And he's done aura readings for my family and my friends and You know, I look back at too, it's, you know, I think of Dominic and um, so many of my guests that I've had that I've continued these friendships with. And it's just opened up so many doors in my life. And it's just such a, a moment today when I get to share him again. It's, I'm, I'm sharing it, this friendship that we've created. And I know you'll feel the energy in, in our episode because he makes me laugh. You know, he's from the UK and, you know, his accent and, I just really think so much of him. So I'm just so grateful he would come on again and share more of his magic. But I also want to explain on the other end of the spectrum, how many of the, of you have reached out to me. Oh, I just got to have coffee with someone that listened that lives in San Diego. And we sat down and she knew everything about me because of really listening and it kind of made me think like, you know, I'm putting, putting this out there, you know, people are listening, it's free, you know, no one's, you know, paying for anything. So it was like, I don't know who's listening. When I have this amazing connection with this woman yesterday and she's been listening, I think for the last year or two, I think, and where she says to me every Tuesday, I can't wait to, you know, listen. And I think, oh my gosh, like... And I just, you know, you never know when you when you say yes to something. I guess that's my point. You know, when I said yes to this podcast, I didn't know I'd meet friends like that or connect with Dominic and these guests like that. I didn't know I would open up this whole world that I was really missing. And I even was mentioning to her yesterday, we both were saying how when we find like-minded people that are always growing and looking for new ways to learn things and, you know, going down all these different rabbit holes that we love, it's not an easy feat when you're living your life. But when you have this 
community like I have in this podcast, both as the guest and as you, the listeners, oh, it's just been one magical day after another. And I mean that. And when you do reach out and say you listen to it, and that's what the guest that I, or the friend that I met yesterday, she just reached out and said, oh my gosh, I just have been loving this. And, you know, we had so many things in common, but just to have a community like that is so special. So reach out to me so we can start. We were talking, we would start some kind of a group. We want to start some kind of a group. Maybe it's a Zoom group if not everybody lives down here in San Diego. So reach out to me. We can start some kind of a monthly group. I do my parents' weekly meetings. So if you want to come on those Zooms, those are always there for you to come or invite your friends that are parents that want to get on it. You know, I realized too, like when we are a bunch of parents talking about teenagers or even younger kids or older kids, even listening to other people's issues or things that they're struggling with, it kind of gets you, it's a place to reflect and see how you're doing on your journey as a parent. So I just went from one thing to the other, but it does, I do want to welcome all of you to those meetings, um, those Zoom calls during the week. Just connect with me. I usually change the time and the day during each week. So just let me know, send my information to your friends that have teenagers so they can get on the calls. It's really a fun hour that we spend together. And I just want to thank you all again for sharing this podcast, going on my YouTube channel and subscribing, leaving comments, reviews, all those mean so much to me. It's been such a fun journey this far. And I, um, you know, I'm going into this fall time of year with my daughter starting crew and Paige, you know, we're trying to figure out a college to commit to for her rowing. And it's a, so much of a transition in our lives right now. So I'm really embracing when I say, always say be in the moment. I've really been in the moment lately, like really in the moment. We stayed up late last night, Paige and I talking about stuff. And I remember thinking in my mind, like, oh, these days are I'm going to miss these days to not have those, that sweet girl here living here while she's in college that I get to. So those days and moments that you get to have with your kids in your house, cherish them because I am in that place on high, 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 high speed, (laughs) very in the moment. So Let's bring Dominic on for the third time so you can hear his perspective on so many different things and see how when you look at something the way he does, it just opens up a whole new way of of thinking. And I think sometimes, you know, I the way we think, like I'm talking all of us because I know most of my listeners kind of think the same way. Dominic will put a spin on all of it. <laughs> so just get ready because it pretty much everything we think of in the spiritual world, Dominic puts a spin on it. So it's going to be a fun episode to listen to. So don't forget to reach out to him. It's Aura Profiling is his email at gmail.com and go to his, he has a podcast, Dial the Cosmos on all the podcast players. He always interviews some interesting people and he just has a neat take on life and I love that man so much. So Enjoy Dominic Zenden. Welcome, Dom. 
Hi, Ashley. Nice to be here. Thank you for uncovering my magic yet again. (laughs) There's so much to uncover, Dom. And for the background of our relationship, it's almost been two years. It'll be in two years of our connecting in November. And at the beginning of our friendship, it was just like this instant connection. Like I, I couldn't explain it. I would even tell Richard, like, there's something about Dominic. I'm just, I exude this connection every time we talk. And then it evolved into pretty much daily Instagram messages and checking in and just a beautiful friendship. And I'm just so grateful for you and the love that you are and the, the always there the first person to say you've watched a YouTube channel or this is my intake on this person. And I've just grown in the last, you know, reflecting back on my, the last two years with you in my life. And I've learned so much. You've stretched my mind and you always, you keep stretching it. And today you're going to stretch it some more, but I know we're in this life together and there's definitely some kind of a soul connection. There's something that I feel from, it's either I'm remembering you from a past life, but tell me, let's go there. Why do we have that connection? Right. Okay. Well, I think it's perfectly normal to have connections to people because when you're on the same pathway, often when you talk to somebody, it will bring to the fore the conversations that you want to speak about when you're on the same level, those conversations that make more sense, they seem to bring a much easier way of talking about things. And that opens up the topics that you're interested in. So things like past lives, let's let's just examine past lives. And and we could examine future lives as well if you wanted to, because it's the same thing. If you think of time in the circle, not a linear line. Now, that's something that I know a lot of people struggle with and they have to get their thoughts around that. But if you think of it from a soul point of view, which a past life would be, then you've got to imagine that a person has known you or connected to you or has this affiliation to the frequency or vibration that you're on. And that when you meet them, it's like you already know them. You're just getting to know them again. You're getting to re-know them. And and that can quite often come through when people have a very clear understanding of somebody else. Because how many people in your life ask you how you are or right. understand you as you or really want to ask you those questions? So often in life, we just brush by people and don't really care too much about whether they answer our questions or not. And when you meet somebody that does care, you know, like you care a lot about people, then it's it's unique. It's quite nice to be around somebody who has that understanding and, and wants you to answer the questions that they're asking as well. Right. So that can be an affiliation, can't it? But past lives are such an interesting subject. It's so so fascinating when you sort of talk about frequency. And because I'm very much into auras and frequencies and every color has a frequency and the soul has a frequency and that we can actually connect on those frequencies. That, I think, is something that people would be very interested in understanding about because the frequencies that they emit come in from their consciousness, their self-consciousness and their moods. So if you're in a happy mood, 
your frequency changes, as do your colors. Or if you're in a pretty heavy mood, then the frequencies change again. And most of us can recognize that when we walk into a room. We don't need to even ask a question. If we walk into a room and someone we know is in that room and they're not feeling that happy, we know. Mm-hmm. And if they're feeling really happy, we know that too. So, right. so we sort of got that instinct, haven't we, about that we pick these things up. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to meeting people, how many of us are too suspicious, too narrow-minded, too self-observed, too interiorly thinking about what we're going to go through or what we're going to happen to us, that we don't really actually pay that too much attention. As soon as we do, we start making connections like we made. Right. And you know, when you talk about vibration and do you feel like when our vibration or our frequency has a match, like attracts like, or what they always say, manifesting, you got to be at this this level of frequency or vibration, <laughs> happiness, joy, and then you're going to bring it in? No. Absolutely, absolutely not. I think everybody's a match. Everybody okay. is. We need to recognize it first of all. And, and yeah, maybe sometimes you go a little bit higher or a little bit lower, but you can match to anybody. Nobody's anything else than anybody else's. So we're all very equal in everything we do. Just that some of us have that instant match. We're on that instant wavelength, on that instant connection. And we can feel that straight away because it's there. It's so obvious. Mm -hmm. For me, I see it in colors. I look at colors and I look at people's colors light up when I when I come in contact with them or I watch their colors go down. <laughs> right. happens as well, yeah. And then you can notice that the frequency levels are affected by the people that we actually have around us, the friendships we make, the people we talk to, and also the enjoyment we get out of being alive. Because how important is it to laugh? Right. And to have fun and to enjoy every moment of every day. Because if you don't do that, your life is going to be an awful long time, even if yeah. you don't believe in time. Right. And you don't believe in time. And you've helped me with time. And you were, <laughs> I was listening to a, an interview you were having on your podcast about what if time doesn't exist, but we, it's like we're remembering, we're just, it's all the past present and future have already happened. We're just remembering it as a soul. Yeah, that's that's part and yeah, that's on Dharma Cosmos, which is my podcast, which is not as yeah, it's just a really good way of interviewing people that have a lot of things to say about the same things that I have things to say about, but maybe different. Because I love hearing different points of view. But the concept that we have to come here on this planet to learn is something that I'm not really keyed into. I think we've learned everything because we've actually existed through everything. We already know everything if we go into our soul. The only time that we really ever have to think about things is when we relearn stuff. A bit like re-meeting. We've obviously met previously. We've obviously had connection at some point because we were instant friends. It wasn't even, oh, who are you? Or, you know, introduce yourself. It was like, wow, this is just a nice friendship. And we never really thought anything different, did we? So this thing about relearning stuff is more important to me is just re-recognizing the stuff that you already know. 
And if you imagine your your soul being that tape recorder or that little digital chip inside of you that can store everything, if you can access that, then you've got access to the knowledge that you've gathered throughout your lifetimes. And that is, I think, important enough to want to study that further. So it's not a case of having to learn new things or change things because you've already done that. It's a case of being able to recognize when the things that you may decide could be difficult or could be wrong and that you can recognize the fact that you've probably gone down that route, made those mistakes, done those things wrong before, and that you're just repeating the same things by doing the same actions. And if you can understand that, then you can look at other alternatives, other options that you could take. And I think that's got to be an important factor for most of us to understand. It's not like we're taught in cliches. So many people talk how authors talk in books or how um, how the text goes. And if someone says something, they follow it almost to the letter. They think that's really where it should be. Whereas for me, I don't tend to look at that. I tend to look at what is obvious to me and what can come in. And how can we change stuff? How can we alter our perception of what it is to be alive? And how can we look past being human or being mortal and Mm -hmm. figure out what it is like to be unlimited, you know, spiritual, and also very content in the fact that life is eternal, which is probably the biggest gift that anyone can have to realize. So it's an amazing life when you start to pick up on the fact that we can do this again. And again and again, and we can go and visit other planets and do any life that we really choose. We just have to have the understanding that manifestation and consciousness are the key to us being able to achieve the life that we really want this time around and next time around and the time around after that, (laughs) if we we so desire. I mean, I I can't go into the maths because the maths is so mind-blowingly complicated but so simple. It just very much says that we are just in a particular section of our history and we can be in any section of our history and our history is limitless. Right. So when people come here, like I, I'm always been like a seeker and you too, like learning and reading books and trying to figure out things. But the things that I'm learning since I've been able to speak to people like you is we come to this in this body on this earth at this time. You know, we've chosen this a portion of our, of our soul. See, you laugh at me, Dom. And I know you're going to go, no, you're not right. (laughs) You're just waiting for me to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. So a part, this is what I'm trying to figure out. So everyone listening is going to appreciate my question because they could be thinking that too. (laughs) So a part of my soul is in this body, this human suit. I chose to come down, picked my mom and dad, you know, my daughters picked me where we chose our, maybe the, the lesson we, or we did, we chose lessons, but some people choose to just have the blinders on and live a, you know, mundane, just equal life, go to work every day, you know, don't read the books, don't search for growth, don't, you know, take to the next level, expand. And so why do, when you say we're just, it's all the same and we're just remembering, why, is my soul 
sometimes I, when, when I'm around people, when you were explaining, you know, some people you connect with like you, like I just, it was instant. Then there's people in my life that I used to have that and they've disappeared. And then there's other people that I don't have any connection with. I could be in a group of moms at a play date when they were little and I don't have any connection. I'm just kind of sitting there like, I would love to have a conversation like this with them, but they're not there. First of all, I would never laugh at you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, right. you, you know what I think about you, Ashley. The, the, the second thing is when we actually start to look at life as lessons, it's a human thing. It's okay. something that we've learned here to actually think like. We've been very lightly doctrined into believing in time being linear, life being full of lessons to learn. And the things that are concepts, it's very hard to explain what it's like to be human without bringing time into the equation, isn't it? Right. Every time we talk about it, you say, well, I'm back here for the fourth time, or, um, you know, there's a, we've got this long to do this, or we've got that. Everything in our life is defined by time. And that's something that we really struggle with because it's something we always have around us and something that we never really have lived without. So to live out without time would be a really difficult, maybe the ultimate spiritual sort of equation that we want to reach to. Secondly, choices. Um, you choose your parents. No, I don't believe you do. I thought the other day about this. And people have been passing recently. A lot of um, famous people have gone across. And we were talking about the spirit world. And I'm sorry, Ashley, I don't, I can't quite get that there is a spirit world. Right. I know that there'll be lots of people out there that would love to think that there is and, and believe dearly that there is. And I would never, ever question what they believe because this isn't their belief. This is my belief now. I actually think that what we have is maybe an in-between state, but we don't have a lifetime like we have here in spirit. So we don't have that particular thing. And there could be a possibility that we pass over one moment and the next thing we realize we're in the cot looking up at our mum again. <laughs> we should be, you know, can you imagine it? Someone like the, the Queen of England mm-hmm. and she's been the Queen for the last 80 years right. or something ridiculous. She passes and there she is waking up in a flat in Brixton in, in London, looking up at her mum. <laughs> it's just quite funny to think about that as a concept, but maybe that's more likely to be the concept than it is that we go through the in-between life where we do everything again and repeat. Because I don't believe the universe is complicated. I believe the universe is very uncomplicated. It keeps everything simple. So if everything's simple, and the soul transcends and then re-enters the body, then all we need to know is that life is eternal. And every life has its facets and it fits into the bigger picture. But if you take quantum physics into that and you go, right, string theory says that we have many lives on many planets on many dimensions, mm-hmm. it starts getting to a point where it's way, way past what I can actually comprehend. I mean, I can just about get my thoughts around one life and leading one life and sorting out the timings and the the financial and the the living and the relationships. And we have so much to think about, don't we? So much fills our minds and so much accommodates where we are. But what if it is really simple? Is that Mm -hmm. everyone has a beginning? Everyone lives to the end of their life? 
and then they just repeat that. You know, you could add into that people can repeat the same lifetimes. So if you've done things that you maybe not have wanted to have done, you just start again from the beginning again, and you just go through the same linear line. But when do you decide that, Dom? When do you decide I, that? Because I you don't, don't know if you do decide it. I oh. don't know if you do. I I think sometimes that may be something that just occurs. And until we know the definitive truth of this, when we will may we? never know. Well, I've, I interviewed a guy called Mike a couple of years ago for the podcast, and he was a really interesting man who reckoned that he was a traveling salesman. He traveled up and down motorways, and he reckoned that he was killed in a car crash a couple of times before he realized that he had to pull across. And the reason he realized he had to pull across is because he set his MP3 player up to trigger two tracks of music on his MP3 player. So he would actually stop himself literally in full flow and pull Mm. over because he had been astonished. And his story is quite remarkable. It was something that really made me question the Mm. fact that we can live lifetime after lifetime, and that sometimes things get in the way. I mean, you think of our planet wars get in the way, don't they? You think of all the young men and all the all the young ladies, maybe that died in the First World War, the Second World War, in in conflict since. You know, their lifetimes are cut short as we know it. I mean, their their expected linear line is probably eighty, ninety years, and they only have twenty years. So maybe they get a chance to fulfill their potential within that lifetime and to experience the thing within that lifetime. And that could well be something that we don't really understand as such. But there is quite a lot of key areas into not only Mike's story, but young children that start talking at three and start sharing experiences of being killed or having a death or something that's gone on in their life. And then they recall the lifetime, and then that lifetime can be traced and followed. And I mean, I've done this with people that have actually been able to be traced to their previous lifetime. And mm. No reason why they should be able to be. It's just incredible that we can. So when you're looking at that and you're looking at the feelings of living another lifetime, which is the same lifetime, or you're recalling a lifetime that you have no right to recall, there's got to be something there within that that needs to be examined so we can understand our fullest extent, so we can understand ourselves. Right. Because I find it fascinating to think that we are here. You know, just think of, you know, we are here right now. You know, think of how that could happen. You know, it's such a, a, a wild equation that we would be here Nicole, as us right, right yeah. now. Right. And and that that blows my mind, just the thought of, you know, all my parents and their parents and their parents having to meet just for us to exist. Right. Yeah, you know, that's huge, isn't it? And and then you start to think about well, we could be operating through different lifetimes as well. And we could be running lifetimes concurrently. We could be having connections with people that we didn't realize or people that we know because we do meet people that we get on with really easily. And then we meet people that we just don't want to know. Right. So what's that all about? Yeah, we're not judgmental people, are we? We're we're people that, that just go about our lives and try and do good for others. So there's something going on 
that we haven't quite comprehended in our intelligence to look at. And I think we're kept very busy trying to live in order to actually have us avoid understanding this stuff. And as soon as someone tells me that I haven't got the capacity to reach it or figure it out, I want to go and reach it and figure it out. So, So that's why I've been very interested in this since I was quite young, really, about 40 years now since I started getting into what past lives, future lives, regression, even reading books on Michael Newton when he first came out, that sort of thing. And and just understanding what it was like to actually talk to people like Ray Wilson. And Ray Wilson was somebody that was very much into past lives when I was in my teens. So we, we really do discover things that are going on that we can't quite comprehend. And we don't have the answers. I don't have the answers. I just have the enthusiasm to go and look for where they could be. So there's only one Dominic Zenden right now in this body. (laughs) Sounds like a song. (laughs) (laughs) And you are interested in all of these different paranormal, you know, all the, I mean, you've opened my eyes to so many different things, UFOs, ETs, poltergeist, which I want to talk about, (laughs) shape-shifting, astral travel, time I mean, telepathy, all those words. You find all of that so fascinating. You have a podcast where you interview people that have written books and I don't have that. So I just believe we're all from this one source. You can call it God, right? Or whatever you want to call it. What do you call it? Well, source, if you like. I mean, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't come from higher beings. Maybe we do, but I have no evidence to point me in that direction. I just have the understanding that consciousness is such an important factor in how we see things. Okay. So when you, when we're all part of source in this no time universe, we decide to emerge from that. We decide we're going to take a little part. This Dominic Zenden soul is going to come out of the one source and start experiencing his life and this these interests, but where does where do those interests come from? Okay, well, there's quite a few different places they come from. My curiosity knows no bounds. I love talking to people because I believe that when we talk, it opens conversations up, and I've been like that since I was pretty young. So as a child, I would go and buy UFO books because I was interested in what Majestic Five was and what the what the paranormal world said about poltergeists and all that sort of area. I was always fascinated by a mystery. And I could never understand why these things were looked upon as mysteries because they're just things we don't know. I never believe that paranormal is paranormal. I just believe it's stuff that we haven't quite understood or haven't quite got our minds around what it could be. You know, just, for instance, take... What I do, I'm an aura reader. Right. Okay? I see frequencies and vibrations of color around people, objects, and animals. So I've always been curious how I can see those frequencies and other people don't see them. Right. I'm very curious about that. And I think that we could all be taught to see them, but I have to learn how to teach people because once they start seeing them, it opens up a world of possibility. And we find that People are out there doing what I'm doing, which is incredibly great to be able to connect to those people. Mm -hmm. But that was a curiosity. And if you have something that you're told is slightly different, 
you want to figure it out, don't you? You don't want to think, well, gosh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm different to everyone else. You just want to get to figure out how that difference can make it work for you. What that gives you an edge. Maybe it gives you a little bit of an advantage over somebody. But that wasn't important to me when I was looking at things like ghosts or poltergeists. Because, you know, I mean, ghosts to me are very simple. They're imprints. They're imprinted energy that we have from the soul that stays in the location that that person or event happened. Right. Now, that helped me very, understand that for sure yeah, when you explained that. Yeah, it's very easy. I mean, Nikola Tesla said that there's actually free available electricity in the atmosphere. So the air around us is crackling with electricity. If we could extract it from the energy around the air, then we could have free electricity and the countries and people wouldn't have to pay for it. And of course, that was taken away because Tesla wasn't allowed to share that knowledge for whatever reason. Well, if you think about it, if you leave a little piece of your soul in a place or that stays there within that place, you can replenish it with this energy from the atmosphere. So your soul is able to feed off this energy. So if you've got this soul that's actually able to replenish itself, then it can leave behind imprints. And you don't have to have any worry about that because it can actually reproduce itself with that energy. So if everything around us is able to reproduce, why wouldn't we leave our energy imprints in situations that are difficult, you know, traumatic sometimes, or happy? Happy is another energy that we very rarely pick up. How often does someone say, oh, I found this really happy ghost? Yeah, I mean, they don't <laughs> do that. It's almost like they only find the ones that are quite negative or quite difficult. They never come back to me and say, I found this ghost that was really happy and I just want to keep him in my home. Because people have this perception of what a ghost is. Mm-hmm. Now, a ghost isn't a person. If you look in the dictionary, it will define a ghost as a dead person or the energy of a dead person. No, it's not. That's what we've been told, but it's not that. It's the energy from a person that is actually imprinted in that atmosphere at that particular time. That's one way of explaining what a ghost is. There isn't paranormal. It comes from us. Poltergeists. Noisy ghosts, the Germans named them poltergeists, and it seemed right. to stick, didn't it? They're another, I think, sentient creature. There is so much we do not see. We cannot see at all within our structure of our vision. And because I see a little bit differently to, I would say, a lot of people, that changed my way of thinking about what things are. So as soon as I think, right, okay, a poltergeist, a ghost that makes noises or throws things about or starts to make um, energy feel a little bit different, well, what would happen if that was a sentient creature that we couldn't see on our frequency right. that gets trapped in our homes? You know, it but you've had, an, you've had an experience with a poltergeist. Explain that. Well, I think that we all have experiences with poltergeists. I think we come across them on probably a regular basis and we don't even realize it. And there are some ghosts around out there that we can actually, you know, join in with or feel their presence of. And you can't explain what an experience with a poltergeist is. But what you do know is that something isn't right because something's happening in a different way. 
and sometimes people have um, scratch marks left on them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they will have objects thrown about. Other times they will see orbs of light fluttering around. And that experience, when you see it for yourself, makes you think, right, okay, there is something here. We don't know what or how to explain it, but there is this explanation that it could be something that we just cannot comprehend being the way that it is. So it'd be very highly unlikely for me for it to be dead person's energy in that situation. But it's very likely to be, I think, uh, an entity that we don't get to see that gets caught up in things. So when I've had experiences with poltergeists, and I've had a few, that have been very interesting and, and very sort of opens your mind <laughs> to right. different things. Sure. People's heightened of awareness becomes very much a different place. You become very nervous about little knocks or little bangs or little things moving around. And I think people tend to exaggerate sometimes the in-depth feel of what it's like to be in that environment. And then other times when you look at some of these poltergeist activities and some of the stories that I've actually been able to research, they're quite scary because the things are happening around that location that are repeating the same thing again. You know, I'd just been talking to a guy who was um, thrown down the stairs of his house. Mm. And um, that was pretty scary. You know, you can imagine how scary that would be. But he was thrown down because he went to get to his mum, who was actually calling him. Now, his mum hadn't called him, but this entity had. Mm. And as he came out to go and see to his mum, he was picked up and thrown down the stairs. Oh, my so gosh. That was a mimic ghost. Now, Oh, yeah, mimic, a mimic. A mimic ghost. And now they scare me. Right. Ghosts that can throw voices really scare me because there's quite a few examples of people going missing in, in lots of different locations throughout the world. But the one thing that would make me change direction would be the voice of my wife calling me. Right. Or my child calling me. Right. Yeah, I always I turn go, you, when someone says, Mom, now you're going to make me think, oh, gosh, <laughs> who's calling that's, me? I know. That's why it's scary, isn't it? Because what you've got there is you've got a response to a voice that you only think is a unique voice. So what if that voice isn't unique and can be copied right. by an entity that has other intentions of making you fearful? Right. And it may be the fear that we have within us that we can reproduce opens up the energy areas for these ghosts to, to live off or to right. actually thrive off. And so yeah. they, they want us to be scared. Right. As soon as you're not scared, no issue. You know, I've been in some scary places. You know, I, I worked at Ghost House for four years as a resident medium, and we saw some scary things in there, including mm. a shadow person, which was quite scary. Not as scary as a mimic ghost, but quite scary because a shadow person's the negative energy of a, of a soul. And sometimes negative energy sticks, as you see in an aura. You'll see an aura, you'll see the energy stick onto the outside of the aura. That energy can stay around when the soul moves. So when the soul transcends, mm -hmm. that energy falls off and is left in the location where that negative energy was when that person passed over. And that energy is, I think, a living creature. And it can actually be quite a scary prospect to see this energy, like it's like a ball of dust, 
that revolves around like lots of little stars all sort of moving around very, very quickly in this big black ball. And that can be quite an experience to walk through one of those balls because you feel very, very emotional. And it could actually really bring some understanding to why people get very emotional sometimes when they're in situations that they have no control over. Because, you know, in places like hospitals, prisons, if you look at some of the big institutions, people go there and they pass over. And so they're going to leave their energy behind, which we can all walk through. If you walk right. through a, a subway or if you walk through a building, you can feel that energy. And especially some people, and I'm sure there'll be lots of people listening, that are very sensitive to other people's moods mm-hmm. or emotions that will feel that. And that makes them more susceptible to feeling things like shadow people, ghosts, poltergeists, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Why is now in this 2023, we're just now like this conversation, I would say, I mean, three years ago, five years ago would be in my world, not yours, because you were very interested. I feel like, you know, they keep saying the government's, you know, this whole like conspiracy and what do you see as the shift and why it's people are becoming, you know, this is going to be, oh yeah, UFOs, aliens. Oh, this is just mainstream talk now. Why is that? Oh, I love it's mainstream. I love that it's come out because it's um it's been there for as long as I can remember. I've been interested in it for as long as I can. There's one big thing that's changed in our lifetime that's changed the world. Can you think what that could be? One thing that has changed our world? Yeah, one thing. One thing that changed our world without doubt. 2020? Than- I don't know. What? Well, 20, 2020, maybe. No, mobile phones. Um, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, the fact that we can communicate over distance and we're never alone and we have a way of recording everything. Um, everything is now recorded. Everything's on camera. Everything's posted up onto the internet. There's so much more ways of communicating now. Right. When I was a child, and not to give away my age, there was no mobile phones. Right. There was no Me internet. Too. There was no way. If you wanted to actually communicate with someone, you wrote them a letter. Right. Okay. Typed I know it, might, wrote yeah, it. I know. <laughs> that might sound really weird now to, to the younger generation. But the way that we communicated wasn't instantaneously. We right. had to wait. And everything was actually, if it wasn't written down in the book, you couldn't actually have access to it. So there used to be psychopedia salesmen go around the doors, knocking right. on the doors, I selling remember. you big sets of books, right. which had all the knowledge in. They disappeared when the internet came on. Right. Because the internet has everything. And so the way that we communicate is open doors to people to communicate and open conversations. And those conversations have now got people really curious because they can see the things that are happening across the world. There's no boundaries now. Right. And because we are actually aware of what's happening, the interest has become much heightened because there's evidence, there's proof of these things. There's things caught on cameras now that we would never watch on cameras. There's voices heard in the air, EVPs. There's things that we would never, ever have even contemplated thinking about because we're too busy with our our twin tubs, washing our clothes, mm-hmm. going to the shops, not just the supermarket to buy our food. Um, we had too much to do. Right. Nowadays, we have 
easy communication, we have worldwide news sharing, and we have mobile phones, which means that everything is out in the open. And that's why the curiosity is there. So is it going to be now? I feel like we're at the beginning. I don't feel like it's still, no one's talking it on. It's not on the, you know, nightly news. It's on our Instagram. I see that all the time. (laughs) But when is it going to be like we're all, it's open and this is what's going on. And I've, there's so many different stories that I listened to on your podcast about, you know, aliens, abductions, healing people. They have this, they're a heightened soul. They're above our level of knowledge. Well, of course, they could be millions, thousands, trillions years older than us. You know, their civilizations could have lasted, you know, so much longer than where we are. Those things could well be part of it. One of the interesting people that I interviewed, a guy called Preston Donette, he mm-hmm. was talking that aliens are here for good and they're right. here to heal us and to help us understand the, the benefit of being able to be connected together. Now, I can relate to that. I think that we should all be beneficial to one another and heal one another. So, you know, as soon as he told me about this guy in Argentina um, called Hector somebody who was mm-hmm. actually met by two aliens at the window of his house. And he was given a little pill, a little triangle pill. And um, it was sent to heal him. And he said, well, look, I'm not ill. I don't have anything wrong with me. But what we're really talking about is psychic awareness, awareness right. of other people's feelings. And surely the one thing that we could all learn from any source, doesn't matter where it comes from, is that we all have individual feelings and that everyone has an effect on everyone else. And that's really what we're being taught by this presence or this area of understanding that is starting now to become much more clear to us that there's something going on. And I think that because they can't shut it down, you know, it's right. not able to be shut down now. You know, it's too far out. It's slow disclosure. We're learning about it slowly. And people like me, you know, who have been interested since a young age, right. we've known about this stuff for, for decades and we've been interested in talking about it for a long time. Now we're starting to have the evidence to back up what we're actually seeing right. because governments are starting to use their their footage and show us the things that have gone on. And we've known it's been there. We know that abduction is a part. We know that interaction with species. We know that aliens walk on this planet. We know that there is actually places where aliens live under the seas. We know this stuff. And now we're actually starting to have our confirmation given to us by world leaders and world authorities. Right. So let's go to cell memory. For some reason, I was listening to some story about when they do transplants and the, you know, they have a heart transplant and all of a sudden the heart of the person that passed away that's in the new body starts taking upon their memory. Talk about that, Dom. That's a fascinating subject, isn't it? The fact that, you know, Christian Barnard in the 60s transplanted the first heart. And it's been known for a while that it's possible that each cell in our body has a memory, has a recall. It's not just in our mind, not just in our brain. And that our body is set up with a, a certain blueprint of what we like, what we dislike, what we actually are as a person. 
And if we have a transplant from somebody else, that transplant brings that memory into our body. So it could be quite crucial that we might find ourselves liking um, a different type of drink or a different type of food because the person that we've had this transplant from has had a liking for that sort of food. And there's lots of documented cases of people who've had heart and lungs transplants. And there's a lady who had a womb transplanted just, just recently. It changes some of their personality. And it could well be that there's something in that because we only understand a little bit about DNA. We, we know it's there. We know it's got chromosomes. We know how many chromosomes are on there. But if we stretch it out, it's quite long. And there's a lot of information that we don't know why it's there or what the information is for. So it could well be that our, our memory isn't just within our brain. It's within our whole body. And, you know, you talk to a sportsman about muscle memory. Mm-hmm. They can train themselves to throw a baseball at a certain speed, and they do it without thinking about it, they do it on reaction. And right. I think there's certain things that we actually already know before we come here on this lifetime that are stored within us that are there for us to actually bring out. And if we have transplanted organs from other people, we're going to get their memories, aren't we? We're going to get their body's reaction to things and their likes and dislikes. Right. And it's quite interesting when you look at some of the cases that this has happened to of people that have had these things happen and how their, especially their choices of food have changed. Mm. You know, there's people that become vegetarians. You know, these people that eat meat all the time have suddenly changed from meat eaters to vegetarians because meat suddenly doesn't do anything for them. It makes them feel uneasy. And, you know, we've had that, and, and I can tell you about a case of a lady who went through that. There's lots of things that we have that we don't understand, and we're right. just starting to understand cell memory. And cell memory could be related to past lives. It could also be related to the soul. You know, first of all, once we, when we've accepted the soul is there and it's actually a part of who we are, then we have to start thinking, well, how does that interact with our bodies? Right. And you know, we're told so much, aren't we? We're told that our mind is what thinks. We're told that our body is what acts. You know, so our muscles do certain things and our legs do certain things and we are functioning in certain ways. But we all think it comes from the, the thought process. Well, maybe it doesn't. Maybe there's something else that we don't quite know about yet that makes us different mm-hmm. and that makes us much more complex than what we've ever even thought about. You know, I mean, how many people even acknowledge the aura? Until you start showing it to them, showing them the evidence of it. It's all this stuff that we have to be looking at the evidence so people start to explore, open the conversations up, and then find an interest. And there could even be someone listening to this particular podcast who's had a a transplant and has found a change in their body or change in their thinking. And that, to me, is personal experience. That is the best way to undercover or uncover anything that we can have an interest in. Right. You're a medium. You can communicate with the people that have passed on. Explain this to me now, that now that you've explained to me that you believe that when we pass away, we go right into the crib again and say, hello, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? Uh, There's no uh, spirit world. But how do you then, where does that come from? If you're, if you're going to, you know, have a mediumship reading with client, how do you get that from... Is it just the soul imprint? 
or a no, what you call? No, no, no. It's okay. much. It's much bigger than that. Okay. It's soul to soul communication. Okay. Okay. I think that the soul is able to communicate on different lifetimes and different levels. So, for instance, if someone that you know has passed the spirit, they're going to be reincarnated, and their soul is going to be in a new body. Okay. Uh, a really tuned in medium can pick up the feelings, the lifetime, the situation of that person before they are starting living this life. So a soul can have a multiple communication level with another soul. And I think good mediums pick that energy up. And there could well be two parts to this. First of all, the parts of that energy you know, that imprint can be around a person so that it can be stuck onto a person. So like if someone that you loved was close to you and their energy is stuck onto your aura, you can pick up that. So you can pick up expressions, um, feelings, familiarity, names, that sort of stuff from the person. You okay. can also pick up the thoughts. I mean, I, I know this. I, I do this with people regularly. Pick up what they're thinking, what they're going to say, how they're going to say it without even talking to them. I picked that up. And I think that comes from the energy imprint. And then you have the soul communication, which is the memories of that lifetime. So you can describe something to somebody. Now, let me run you through a, an incident that happened to me. That is a very interesting, it's probably one of the more outstanding things that I've done as a medium. A lady came to me because her father passed and they couldn't find the will. They were looking okay. everywhere for this will. And you know what families are like. Someone passes, they look for the will, don't they? And they thought he died intestate. So they thought he died without actually putting a will out there. Okay. But but she came to me and she said, can you, can you connect to my father and can you give us any understanding or can he give us anywhere to look for this will? So we connected. I made this connection to her father. He gave me his name. And then he showed me a cupboard under the stairs. And on this cupboard, there was a shelf and there was a wooden box. And in the wooden box, there was a false lid that slid. It didn't open. It slid wow. across. And inside that lid, the will was. Wow, Tom. Right? And this lady went and found the will. Huh. Now, nobody in the world would have known where that will was. Nobody knew. They had been looking for you know, weeks to find this will, and she found it through this communication. Wow. Now, I felt that that was soul-to-soul communication because it was all shown to me. It was all clear. The voices was clear. The, the person was clear. The personality was clear. He wanted his family to have that will so mm. they could sort out the, what was going on with his you know, passing. And I think if the intent is right, then mediumship is one of the easiest, clearest things to do when you're connecting soul to soul. What I'm really against is mediums that work with these false premises, these Barnum statements, which are statements that catch everyone. You know, one statement says everything. I'm so against that. I want right. mediumship to have credibility. Right. And I want mediums to work from an energy where they're actually connecting. You know, I'm happy to teach people how to do it. You know, I really want people to know that this is a form of communication that can be used. But it won't be used while people are fantasizing about people living in spirit 
because all they want to know is, are they okay? Right. Because the, the most common question that I get asked as a medium is, is my dad okay? Is my mum okay? Have they reached the other side? And to, how do you answer that? Right. Because they just want reassurance. That's not about the person that's passed. It's about them. Right. So I want to be able to share with people that life is eternal. Life is unlimited. And you get a chance to keep going if you so desire to keep going. And if you don't decide to keep going, you still get a chance. It's all about being able to understand that the frequencies, the consciousness, and the soul work together in order to keep those communications open. They never, never, ever go. You know, people may think that mediums are cruel, that they give false hope. Well, there's a part of me that understands that perspective from when people talk. And I do think that giving false hope is is probably a little bit misguided, shall we say, mm-hmm. with people. But if you give the evidence and you give definites and you can share with that with people, then what you've got then is an understanding that their life is eternal. So the fear of being alive goes. Right. It just goes. And people can live in peace. And they right. can live in harmony. And they can enjoy their life knowing that their life it's just the beginning of a journey rather than the end of a journey. Right. And it's so much nicer. The example I give is, is purely because it's important for people to understand it's quite a profound thing. It's not easy for people to make communication work. It's hard for people to make it work. Natural mediums are very rare. There's a mm-hmm. lot that claim that they can and there's a lot that can't. Right. But there are a few that claim and there's a few that can. So you pick your death. You pick when you die. I don't think so. Not really. I think that the choices you make during your lifetime really structures your life. And, um, I mean, there's a bit that, you know, I said you, I don't believe in time, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Well, I believe we live for heartbeats. Yes. So when you, when your Explain heartbeats that. run out, yeah, that's, you know, your life is, then they're over. The fact is that we do not choose our time of passing. We just contribute to it by the things that we do whilst living. With our choices, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And yeah. when you talk about living by heartbeats, like you give an example of a, a turtle or tortoise that lives like forever. The horse lives yes. for 24 years. and it. So that really makes you think when you say it that way. <laughs> Yeah, you think, you think a, a tortoise. I've got, a, there's a tortoise still alive in our family that my great, great, great grandfather had. Oh, what? Still, what? I know, he's still alive. He's, he's getting up for nearly 200 years old. Oh right? my gosh. And they hibernate every year for four months and then they come out, they move around slowly, they eat vegetarian food, right. eat salad and stuff. You never see them doing anything which is exhausting you know they just do things slowly so they don't wear their bodies out and mm-hmm. they, they make sure they refresh their bodies and they live for years and years and years you know this this tortoise has come up for 200 which is incredible when you think about it it's just it's like a family heirloom that gets passed down through the family yeah and yeah. still alive oh my yeah, gosh still alive and and it probably will keep going and and then a, maybe a racehorse maybe live to 24 years something like that because you think of the exertion that that racehorse goes into every time it runs, it's maximizing its body, isn't it? 
So we don't need to run and exercise and all that? I thought that elongates her life. Yeah, it may be natural for them to do that. It may be very natural. They're herd animals, aren't they? They love Mm -hmm. being in herds and stuff. But maybe they don't need to run as much as what they do. Maybe they can limit that that freedom that they have. You know, you think of what um, lions and tigers, you just take a a female lioness. That lioness, right, will work as hard as it can to get the prey and then it stops and it rests and it sleeps and it just gently comes down. But when it's hunting, it's focused. So it's maximizing its body, isn't it? Because it's using the maximum amount of heartbeats. You imagine how, how that must be really adrenaline filled that chase and right. that kill because it needs to eat and then by the time it stops it rests and sleeps and rewinds and recovers it's not doing it constantly it only does it when it needs to right and that's yeah i mean you think modern day sports people they're doing it all the time they're doing it three or four times a week because it's the, the how they earn a living but they're using up their heartbeats right so let's talk about we're Coming to the end, of course, it goes by so fast. You talk sometimes about like your spirit guides or your angels are just imprint. You describe it so differently. I talk about we're all the same. So I don't see guides as being external to us. I see them being all internal. So they're all part of me and who I am. It's the wisdom. It's the connection between all the lifetimes that are the guides that live within you. Um, angels, I think of being sentient beings, but I don't see them being sentient human beings. I see them being beings from other dimensions that will be there around us and there with care, with love, but they're not there just for our convenience. You know, they're, they're much more sentient than that, but we still interact with them. We still have this sort of following around within them. And some will call them light beings or some will call them specially sentient beings. I don't see that. I see them as being beings that are very sentient, but they are just a little bit more evolved than we are. They're there caring. I think we'll find as we explore the universe, it's a lot more caring than we believe. I think we're the hostile ones. I think we're the warlike ones. And the universe is not hostile as we think it is. I think we're hostile. I think we mirror that within our societies. Right. I believe that too. So when people talk about ascended masters like Jesus, Buddha, Baba G, all the ascended masters, where do you put, how do you put that into Dominic's language? Okay. Well, I've never met any of them. Right. You You haven't. I've never had had a conversation with any of these uh, ascended masters as such. An ascended master is a human term for somebody who's enlightened, who thinks differently. And so people can call people whatever they want. They can have whatever expression of whatever. And if that's what they believe in, then I'm absolutely fine with that. I have no areas to actually argue it because it's how someone's perception of another being will be. So that's fine. And if that works for you, that's absolutely fine. But the ascended nature of things is a human word it's not a it's not a a thing that i would think about as being godlike what i would think of them as being is being very wise and very knowledgeable but again you remember all the things that were told they're all written down they're all scriptures they're all things that are passed down and when you look at things that are passed down that's normally through human word of mouth 
Right. So, and, and then I think, well, where's this come from? It's come from human recall. So what's the purpose? And if it's to teach us to love one another, I love it. I'm, I'm all for it. I think we should love each other you know, deeply and care for each other. If it teaches us to kill each other, then I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not for it. I, I think that we should all live in peace together. As a human, we label things, we see things linearly. And then when you visualize something as a human, it's like in all these different, the ascended masters and the frequencies. Wrap up your Dominic's take as we end here. Like, how would you, the human, why we're here? What's our purpose? Why is this life given to us? Why do we choose to do this? And we could just be, you know, why do we want to keep going and going and going and going, like you say? Curiosity and consciousness. I think our consciousness is forever curious. I think that we really are here to help one another and care for one another and to learn that. And not only learn it about our fellow humans, but our fellow animals, our fellow planet. We're here to understand those things, if anything. Um, I don't believe we're here to be challenged. As soon as you take out divisions out of people, then everyone has the same wants, the same needs. We all need that love, that understanding. So I think that growing with love and acceptance of being able to surrender to love is a clear and a real possible route that we are all going down at some point. And we get there eventually. But there's so many distractions. It's like a game of whack-a-mole, isn't it? Everywhere mm-hmm. you go, there's something pops up and you have to hit it down and something else pops up. And this this whole sort of sequence of life is is trying to avoid those things just popping up out of the ground at us and then trying to understand that, yeah, okay, there's obstacles, but they're only little obstacles and we can get around them. And that if we go and visit each other and go and talk to each other, travel, travel is so important. Go and meet people in different cultures, in different parts of the world. Everyone's the same. Nobody wants to fight. Nobody wants to fall out. Everyone wants to live in peace and have happy families. Mm -hmm. So, we all want the same stuff. Right. It's just the obstructions in getting it. And and that's really what we're having to work out. And I think that's where our society will fall or it will explore. You know, it'll either explore this and go further and further, or it will fall because we're too greedy and too self-centered and too self-contained. So right. the world is full of really wonderful people. I look at the world, I look at the people, I look at the people that I know. They're wonderful people doing wonderful things. And that's something that we should all applaud and all get involved in and and all look to help one another achieve everything. No need for greed, jealousy, you know, disputes. Just get on with people and just be happy. Right. Is that the last words of wisdom from Dominic Zenden? <laughs> well, I don't Let's know the words, Any... words of wisdom, actually, but they're certainly my, my thoughts about you know, where we should be. And I'm hoping the people who are listening will have the same ideas. And I'm sure people do. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, when you think of, you know, there were like 10 years difference in age and I look at my girls and, you know, where the world has come from, even when Paige was born and, you know, 17 years ago, it's, it's all, you know, we're living a different life today than we were, what, five years, like three years ago, yeah. you know. But you look back, I was born in 62. Right. You go from 1930 to 1962. Think of how the world changed in those 30 years. 
Right. Now you look now, we've gone 50 years, 60 years to 19, you know, from 1962 to 2023. It's going to change. The world is going to change. The world is going to alter. It's, it's part of our understanding of where the world is and the fact that our population is now nearly 8 billion, the fact that the world's resources is now becoming very tight. You know, people have to change the way they live because if they don't, there won't be enough for everyone to live. And if there's not enough for everyone to live, then the world will have to change again. Right. When you say, yeah, we know there's 8 billion people on this planet, will there always be 8 billion or will they keep, how does that work with our people that die and keep coming back? Okay. The, the one thing that I know from looking at the James Webb telescope is that when it looks out at the space, it sees billions and billions and billions of galaxies. Each galaxy has got trillions of planets, and each trillions of planets out there have life on them. So we have many different planets throughout our whole universe, or even multiverse, that we can live on. So the souls of this planet are probably quite minute, and there will come a time where the planet will probably end, those particular life forms and the life forms will go off and be souls on other planets. So we won't destroy our planet, but we might destroy ourselves, if you like, in the process. The world will just change. It'll just go back and evolve and evolve again and start another generation of life. That's the way planets are. They're very robust. You know, humans aren't that robust. But our soul lives on, and it will live on in communities across the universe, and it will be part of that. And I'm sure that's probably what we're experiencing right now, is lots of souls that have experienced lifetimes on different planets, different universes, maybe even different solar systems. Hmm. Yes, I love that. Well, thank you, Dom. It's been so fun to be with you again, and, you know, telling my listeners, like, we usually try to get caught up on a Zoom call at least once a month. And we were talking like it would be fun to do a podcast like today. And usually when we do have our conversations, I always say, oh, that would have been such an amazing episode. <laughs> we need to record these. But oh, I just so I'm so grateful for you in my life. You know, I love you. You know how much you mean to me. I know that we're eternally connected and you've given me so much so much to take in my life and put it into my <laughs> my mind <laughs> okay well it's mutual and and I can return that you know and say the same back it's uh, it's always nice to know that there's somebody out there wants to listen to what you think right so, <laughs> there's no point thinking it otherwise is there so <laughs> and, and True. it's, it's a, it's, it's nice to have people that are receiving of that. And, and even if they have opinions, whichever way, you know, we can still love each other and right. still look forward to being around each other and, and suggesting different things. And, and that's always nice. And I, I always find that that is part of having a really strong relationship with someone like yourself. So I appreciate that too. Oh, thank you, Tom. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, 
please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget, always look for the magic.